And I said to her, look, I think uh, I'm going to give this a try. You know, I, I really, as I say, was at the stage where I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I figured no one died from eating too many fruit and vegetables. Welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today I'm so honored to have Lizzie and Tony Boucher from the co-founders of Food as Medicine Australia. How are you both today? Hey, Lori. Hi, Lori. We're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you both so much for coming. And I know we've had quite the scheduling, interesting things that I've put you guys through, and I appreciate your patience. <laughs> Thank you for having us. We're so we're honored to be speaking with you. Yeah, it's great to be on your podcast. Yeah. You guys are amazing. And I would love to share your story, which is really interesting, um, especially Tony and your physical um, challenges. Can you guys tell us how this kind of all evolved? Like how did you find plant-based eating and what was, you know, what was the whole um, triggers for you to, to start searching for different things? Yeah, sure. Um, So I I guess I've, um, I'm a, a scientist by background, uh, worked uh, um, in senior management from quite a young age, from my mid-20s, um, and have uh, lived quite a high-stress uh, life for, uh, for most of my time. Um, and I got to work very hard, long hours. Um, I got to age 44 and uh, crashed and burned after a big night of drinking, actually. Um, and that had happened to me before. Um, uh, I'd the had crashing and burning, the crashing the and the, the drinking and the crashing <laughs> and burning happened before. But uh, I, I had uh, for probably five years crashed and burned uh, three or four times a year, something like that. Um, had all sorts of uh, tests done by the doctors and uh, never found any answers. And I just assumed after a while that it was my body saying, okay, it's time to slow down and rest up. Uh, And generally three to maybe five days after that, I would come good like like normal uh, and go back to my normal routine. Uh, But I'd I'd spend three or five days sleeping most of the time in bed. Um, And this particular time when I was uh, 44, uh, after drinking, I I don't know if the drink had anything to do with it, but it... it, um, I had too much to drink without question. I woke up the next day hungover, as I would expect, um, but I never recovered from it. Um, I was extremely lethargic, uh, had extreme fatigue, um, just tired. um, And, you know, day seven, I felt okay. So I tried to go to work, uh, which is an office-based or was an office job at that time. And I lasted until about lunchtime and it just mm. felt like someone pulled the power, power plug out and, uh, you know, my, my electric charge just disappeared. So I had several sort of false starts at trying to get back because, you know, as I say, the history was three or five days later, I would come good again. It just didn't happen. And I ended up spending four months of my life sleeping between 14 and 18 hours a day, um, I really had zero quality of life. Um, I never saw any friends. Uh, you know, it, my, my life was quite miserable actually um, when I was awake. Um, and um, I had quite a number of other symptoms, but fatigue was the main one. Brain fog, 
poor memory, cold feet, a whole bad breath, a whole whole range of quite weird sort of symptoms. Again, went and saw doctors, uh, specialists. Uh, had none of them had any answers. Um, I had always, since my early thirties, had slightly abnormal liver function. Um, so I had a, a, an ultrasound of the liver, and I'm sure enough, I had fatty liver. I was certainly overweight, um, no question. Um, I had uh, been, I had gout from my early thirties, and. Um, high cholesterol as well so I had been taking uh, pro-gout to manage the gout and I had been taking statins to manage the cholesterol and I also had uh, quite severe gastric reflux problems for many years and I was taking um, Pariot uh, to to manage that so I'm certainly not sure what all of those things did although at one stage I did read about statins and once I read the potential side effects of those I put those aside and told the doctor that'd be the last time I take those so uh, yeah look I went and saw a naturopath um, which is something I never thought I'd do as a scientist I just kind of my words are heebie-jeebie science um, kind of thought that was a bit weird but I, I did go and do that I was desperate and I would try anything at that point to try and get well again um, Spent a lot of money with a naturopath, uh, buying herbal supplements and vitamins and minerals. And at the time, I was working uh, on contract, so every day I didn't show up for work. I wasn't getting paid, um, and the naturopath was costing me at least eight or nine hundred dollars a month in uh, visits and herbal supplements and the like. So um, I did that for nearly two years, and. Um, Eventually stumbled on a book actually, uh, and it really was by accident uh, that we found that. And uh, it was actually Dr. Douglas Graham's book, um, The 80-10-10 Diet, which, which is, uh, look, I don't strongly follow Doug Graham anymore, but the book was the trigger to help me uh, change, change my life. Um, I read the book very quickly. I'm a very slow reader and it just had me engrossed and uh, I was reading parts of it to Lizzie um, it just made sense to me as a scientist, the basic logic of, you know, things like the, the opposing thumb to pick fruit, um, you know, the, the, the gastrointestinal design and length, uh, enzymes in the mouth, all of that sort of uh, stuff made logical sense to, to my mind. And I said to her, look, I think uh, I'm going to give this a try. You know, I, I, I really, as I say, I was at the stage where I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I figured no one died from eating too many fruit and vegetables. So, um, so she, she was horrified at that idea because we, we kind of had a, some sort of social life at the time. And, um, and essentially, uh, I guess Doug Graham uh, largely pushes uh, raw vegan uh, fruit eating. Fruit and vegetables. Um, fruit fruit and, and salads, basically. Um, and, of course, that's relatively restrictive or can be. Mm. Um, so that was Lizzie's biggest fear was having no social life and not going to restaurants And what anymore. was I going to eat? So I contemplated the whole idea for about a week or two and eventually I just said to her, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I, you know, I've got nothing to lose. You don't have to do it, um, but I'm going to give it a try and see, you know, just see. So um, she basically yielded and gave in and did... I didn't want to, to cook two different meals for the children and yeah. for me and for him. So it's easier just to 
So at that point, uh, we we had already purchased a high-powered blender, and that was the kind of trigger for this whole thing. Um, and we basically went raw vegan uh, overnight. Um, it was actually Australia Day, January 26, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very next day, all we ate was fruit and salads. Um, and after three days of, of eating that way, um, honestly, I just felt like I'd never been sick. I, I just was jumping out of my skin with energy. This is from a person who had no energy at the time. Um, I just felt amazing. And uh, we have a, a magnetic exercise bike at home, and I, I jumped on that. And... Uh, um, I, I just, you know, I just decided that it would either put me in bed uh, for recovery or um, I, you know, I would be okay. And I did 15 kilometres, which at the time when I was ill would have put me in bed for probably five to seven days recovering from that, sleeping all day just to get over, you know, recover my energy, I guess. Um, and, and during the period, the couple of years that I had been sick, um, some days I felt better than others and I'd, you know, if it was a nice sunny day, I'd go for a walk. And if I walked too far, I'd be back in bed for three or five days. And, I'd, and the big problem at that time was that, again, every day I didn't show up for work, I didn't get paid. So it really affected my income significantly. Um, so my whole life became about managing my energy levels to be able to go to work and every day, basically. So the quality of life was pretty much zero. Lizzie did almost everything else for me. Uh, I would get up, go to work, which involved sitting in an office most of the day and uh, come home and she would do everything for me. And uh, so my quality of life was terrible. Um, So, yeah, three days of eating fruit and jumping out of my skin, 15 k's on the bike, and I could have just kept going. I sweat a lot. Uh, I didn't huff and puff, which was interesting. I used to... Even for a walk, I would be, you know, sort of heaving for breath. Three days of eating that way, and I wasn't even puffing, riding the push bike flat out. So um, just amazing. Day seven, uh, all of the meds that I mentioned, the cholesterol tablets, the statins, the uh, ProGout, I stopped everything. I stopped all of the supplements that I'd been taking from the naturopath everything I stopped on day seven and I just got better and better and better. And uh, so that was nearly five years ago. Um, And as I was saying to you earlier in some pre-discussion, I'm almost 52 and I honestly don't believe I felt better in my, my recollection of my life. Uh, I feel amazing and I feel like I'm getting better every day. I feel younger almost every day. So I used to have lots of aches and pains daily. I would be popping painkillers, uh, like multiple painkillers, uh, three or four times a week just to manage uh, shoulder and neck uh, and headache problems while I was at work. I would be seeing chiropractors and physiotherapists to try and manage my pain in my neck and shoulders and back. Uh, all of that's disappeared as well. I haven't even taken a paracetamol, I don't think, for about four years. Uh, I get no pains. I get no headaches. Um, again, I haven't felt so good. So, uh, yeah, amazing stuff. And and it, that led us to start researching and researching yeah. and researching. So you and have we to remember went down when, the rabbit hole. when we found when he changed. When we changed, we had no knowledge whatsoever about eating this way. We didn't understand. We had no understanding. So then we started 
finding doctor, all the different doctors, like Dr. Campbell, we read the China study. And then we were like, oh my goodness. So yeah. then we read Dr. Esselstyn's book and we were like, oh my goodness. And, and we watched Forks Overnight. Yeah, and, yeah, and then our minds started to just be exploding. And, yeah. and, you know, as a registered nurse, what we're taught at university is just the complete opposite of what we now know as the truth. And, you know, we're told type 2 diabetes is incurable and Crohn's disease is incurable and heart disease, you'll just get multiple... I mean, all these things are just, you know, a, a deterioration and then, you know, you'll eventually succumb to something, a heart attack or amputations or you'll lose your eyesight from diabetes and it's just not true and it's it made me so angry. I was angry, really Lizzie, angry. Lizzie, as a, as a medical person, she really struggled because it, it effectively so meant she had to almost unlearn everything yeah. that she'd been taught and relearn and she yeah. literally was angry. I was um, so cross that, yeah. that all these people that I'd looked after for 27 years, you know, people dying of these things and it's if only they'd knew, maybe they might have changed and not died. Mm. And, yeah, made me really cross. So that's why we're so passionate about doing what we're doing because it just, just, it's not, you know, it's, there people are living in pain and their quality of life is so bad and it doesn't need to be. And it's so simple. So How five years, five years on, we, we, um, we're studying, we're watching YouTube videos, we're watching documentaries, we've got a library full of, plant-based nutrition books here at home. DVDs and... Uh, we've done some... Uh, we've helped a number of other people that were ill um, recover their lives back. Mm -hmm. um, we're highly passionate, as you can tell, just from talking to us. Uh, and we're well-researched now. We're not... Um, you know, we, we don't have uh, formal qualifications, I guess, in nutrition, but um, we're pretty knowledgeable on plant-based yeah. nutrition. And so that, that led us to start our Facebook page called Food is Medicine Australia. Thank you for introducing earlier, um, which we started only earlier this year. We've almost got 4,000 followers in about 10 months or something. Uh, so it's been quite interesting to watch. It's really just a free uh, educational sharing uh, page. We share a lot of uh, healthy human revolution <laughs> stuff and some of your, your old podcasts and things like that. So um just just trying to get the message and the truth out to people yeah. um also in our research uh very early in the piece you know our eyes were opened widely by the animal agriculture industry uh the environmental destruction exactly. that's going on with animal agriculture and now uh, initially we didn't like the idea of identifying as vegan uh now we are very um proud of being vegans uh, and we are truly vegans we try to absolutely minimize our harm to animals and the environment and we are quite active with local uh, animal activism here in Perth uh, and proudly do that um, in fact we enjoy that and uh, we're probably going to miss uh, the cube of truth today in the Perth city um, <laughs> which is a bit disappointing but uh, we've got this chat with you and then we're helping a lady this afternoon um, with her health and her child's health mm. so um, yeah it's become a life of passion I'm afraid and it's uh, shifted our path in life probably. yeah <laughs> I would say your trajectory has changed dramatically <laughs> Definitely. 
I'm curious. Really, really sad. It took it took me to be so sick for that to happen. That was the sad part. Well, that is a story, right? So that's yeah. going to be the trigger, the emotional uh, connection that other people are going to be enthralled with, because that's yeah. they're going to relate to you. For me, I didn't have so much. I had you know some allergies, and my thyroid got better, but I don't have the dramatic recovery story. So I think that's yeah. phenomenal. It's more powerful than NMD because trust me. No MD that I know has become a nutritional expert without extra outside of school learning. Yeah, Trust sure. me on that. Sure. So yeah. don't worry about how having those those letters behind your name. They don't mean no, much. No, we're not worried about nutrition. it. But, uh, <laughs> but and, others and as do. As we it. said to you earlier, it's, it'd be very as much as I would like to perhaps have uh, some letters, you know, just just for uh, for recognition sure. uh, purposes. Um, I, I could not go and study in the mainstream educational environment because I, I just know that they'll teach me conventional medicine right. and conventional nutrition and I will probably fight them all the way. <laughs> it, yeah. it won't end well if I try that. So I would fail probably because I wouldn't answer in the way they would expect me to answer. It's, yeah, I think it would be challenging now, but but. Yeah, the, I think it's a, an important thing to balance, though, traditional medicine and, you know, your osteopathic medicine with or allopathic medicine um, with nutrition, because there will yep. be points. I do like to remind, you know, people that it's it's not a panacea. It's close as I can get, but yes. it's not. So there will be times that you, know, yes. you will need certain meds. And I do want to encourage people to understand that. And it's mm. not like we're promoting that this is some magic bullet for you, but it, yeah. it is in many cases. However, there are instances. And so that's an important thing to balance as well. And I agree with you about the vegan thing, right? Because there's so many unhealthy vegans because exactly. they, they eat the processed food and the yeah. the junk food and people are like, oh, you know, I, I talk to people about plant-based diet, a whole food plant-based diet. And they immediately go to that freezer section and buy the Impossible Burger and the Beyond yeah, Burger. Yeah. And I like that is fine for now, but in yeah. transition, but this yes. is where we're headed. <laughs> so that's yes. right. I, I think you're on the right track. Yeah. I'm curious if we can step back a bit. And Lizzie, as we're seeing, you're witnessing what Tony's bringing home and he's what his, his objectives are. And he's saying, I'm doing this. And you're like, okay. When was it that you were like, Wow. Okay, actually something is going on. Like when was it that was it for the me, three days in? Him. When for you believed it me. for you. Um, when did you finally become like, oh, hold on a minute, something is going on? I guess uh, I wasn't reading any of the books. So he started reading this book and then and then we got the China study book and he started reading that and he kept reading me excerpts and I was listening while I was doing other things and he'd read it to me and I'd say, listen to this. And I'd, I'd go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. But, you know, it's, it was so in stark contrast to what I had learned. So I was listening, but I was like, that's, that's great. That's great. And then when he started to feel better, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And so then I think it was after that, that I then picked up the China study and started reading it. Mm -hmm. And then I was reading it thinking, why don't I know this? What, where's, what, why haven't I ever been told this? Mm -hmm. what, you know, what, why is this being kept from everybody? And so then we started down that rabbit hole and opened the Pandora's box, which you can't close once you open it. And we just found out 
all this information and I think it was within it was a month and I think I was angry for about a month actually because I was I was forced to not eat what I wanted to eat and I was angry because I was like oh, fruit vegetables fruit vegetables what am I this is can't be forever but um yeah after about a month I because I didn't feel great when we changed even though I wasn't sick per mm -hmm. se I, I didn't feel great. I was getting headaches. So I was like, my body was detoxifying and, um, and, <laughs> and, um, you know, after about four, a month, I started to think, I think there's something in this, you know? And so that's when we found and the I, videos. And I like that you point out that you didn't feel good because I think there's yeah. some people need to understand that, a couple things to think about that. Number one, um, you were you were desperate because you were super sick, and then you had this dramatic recovery very he quickly. He didn't feel bad. He felt good. Right. He was he was going from the bottom of the well, <laughs> getting better. Yeah. It's like you couldn't yeah. get any much worse except dead, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. But for you, when some people will go through a detox phase and not feel well, headaches, fatigue. But the other thing is, when you're eating strictly fruits and vegetables, you don't. Sometimes you didn't have calories. So that's another point to remember, because I know when I first was learning how to do this, I started in 2012 as a doctor. And I was like, I was like you, I read the China study and I was angry. I was like, who, how many patients have I killed? Because I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Holy jeez. Um, but what was interesting though, is that in that first year, because there was nowhere really for me to learn, I, I found Dr. McDougall's information. He had some written stuff for physicians. And Dr. Greger's site was still early on. And um, a little bit of PCRM. I had some PCRM stuff and Dr. Bernard. But I didn't, there was not a, a guide for someone like myself as a physician to go, I'm like, how do I tell a patient to do this? Yeah. How do, what is, I didn't even begin to think about all the other onion layers of social yeah. stresses and, you know, the, yeah. the protein stuff and the B12. I mean, I hadn't even begun to understand that. Yeah. But I was like, how do I even begin to share a message with a patient? And how do I stop someone's insulin or their hypothyroid? I mean, no one tells you how to stop meds. Yeah. And, no, and that's right. There's no financial interest <laughs> in telling you how to stop it, right? <laughs> there is nowhere. And so that was really fun. Um, and like, but I would, people would switch over to eating just fruits and vegetables in that first year. And they would come back to me and they were tired and fatigued. And I was like, what is going on? This is not what I'm reading. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not feeling this way. I, I was, but I was eating beans and potatoes and my other things. And I think that was really important for me to learn is like, oh, I really, you really need to have those other foods, those starchy yeah. vegetables and the whole grains and the beans. Yeah to feel for a lot of people to stay um, energized and well. Yeah. I initially went, um, so I read Dr. Esselstyn stuff and I went very strict, no fat, you know, except I didn't do nuts. I didn't do avocados. I was strictly, yeah. and I got actually kind of down and which was yeah. unusual for me as like, this is not normal. And um I said, you know, as I started reading more about brain health and things like, I think I need to incorporate a little bit more nuts and seeds. And then I felt, felt better again. Yeah. And so there are some really interesting things. I think a whole food plant-based diet is amazing, but it does need to have some little bit of education so people feel optimal That's and that right. they're supplementing and, and we had, smartly. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have that education at that time. We, yeah, yeah, we were neither. learning as we went. I mean, our, our first smoothie 
was terrible. We had Fleet Street. We had all sorts of it stuff. Was it was awful. just disgusting. It was the worst it was, we've ever. It felt like we were. I think we pulled it down the sea. It was <laughs> disgusting. We had no idea, but eventually we worked. So I really followed the the Doug Graham approach, which is not something I strictly um, and we, def- we don't do it now anymore. No, um, but. For the first four months, I was fully raw vegan uh, and, and not a raw vegan with any coconut oil or anything. It was fully fruit and salad. Yeah, no oils, no, no nuts. Oil. We didn't really yeah. have nuts or anything either. No, we? not really any nuts either. Oh. Um, and, and yes, I agree with you. It's harder to get enough calories. But I think one of the things I've learned is that uh, by drinking your food, you can easily overconsume. And mm. so we were very conscious, actually, of getting enough calories. We learned that very early. Mm. And we were eating heavily a lot of bananas and dates, in Which particular, are. in our smoothies. That was the basis of our smoothies, to get enough calories from... Because those two fruits are quite calorie-dense, relatively speaking, for fruit. Mm-hmm. And and then we would add mango and spinach or something else to give a... Di- or blueberries or to give a different flavour to the, to the smoothie. Um, and we did that for four months and lost a lot of weight uh, very quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Never felt, I probably felt best uh, in, in, since eating plant-based, probably felt best eating fruit. Mm-hmm. In terms of energy and in terms of uh, jumping out of bed and in the morning and that sort of thing, probably mm-hmm. felt best. And, and actually, even now, for people who are suffering from fatigue, I generally will try and, and coach them to eat fruit um, because the digestion of fruit is so quick and mm-hmm. easy and very low energy consumption in the digestion process. Mm-hmm. So if you have a fatigue problem, you have a lot more energy then to move your muscles about and actually ex- expand mm-hmm. um, rather than spend your energy digesting. So, um, and it's not something that everyone can do. It's difficult. It is quite restrictive. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly in winter, you know, getting different fruits is is not always easy. Um, but we, at the time, you know, we were buying, there was, I think, three of us at home. We were buying uh, two, um, in your language, there are about 30-pound boxes of bananas a week uh, and about a 12-pound box of dates every week. Um, 12 pounds of dates? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh my god! And then we would buy frozen mango. We would go and buy uh, about eighty pounds of frozen mango every week and a half. Whoa, Um, whoa, whoa! Back eighty pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I ate a lot of mango when I was in Florida, but that you guys got me beat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but look, we've changed now. So after four months, that is impressive. To incorporate cooked food, Um, sort of following McDougal more than. Yeah, so we, we, we were doing yeah. actually what, what uh, was, I guess, known for a while as raw till four. So we're eating raw food until four in the afternoon and then we'd have a cooked meal for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, progressively we've incorporated more and more starches. So these days we probably follow more the McDougal yeah. model mm-hmm. uh, of starches. But again, for people with fatigue, um, I will try and start them with with fruit as much as possible if, if they can manage that to, and then transition to to whole plants without starchy. oil in mm-hmm. particular i think mm-hmm. oils are really particularly for fatigue really and you know obviously for heart disease a really bad thing to be putting anywhere near your mouth yeah mm-hmm. absolutely I like the idea, though, the raw till four, I think, because then you're pushing people to eat more raw foods and then yeah. they still have that 
the you know the um, satisfaction of eating cooked foods in the evening. That's, That's a great way to do it. We actually really look forward to that cooked meal <laughs> generally because again with so. the the fruit meals, you know they do, they digest quickly. So you you're feeling hungry Quick only out. a few mm. hours afterwards. So you know the snacks would then be more fruit, um, mm. which is perfectly fine. And again uh, for energy. As long as you're getting enough calories, because I 100% agree with what you said earlier, you know, mm -hmm. people start to feel tired. One of the ladies we just helped a few weeks back who, who was already vegan, uh, she's got a couple of young kids and host homeschools, and, and they were both fatigued. And then mm -hmm. we got her to go through what she eats in a day, and they're not eating enough calories. Eating um, so that's why they were fatigued. And it's not. It's not whole foods, it's processed stuff. Yeah. So there's that inflammation so we, from we that. We got them stuff. to eat fruit and, you know, a report back a week later was they were feeling great. So feeling much nice. better. Um, it's simple. But again, it's if you're going to eat fruit in particular, you have to make sure you eat, eat enough. enough calories. Right. Um, that you don't feel tired. The right. content of fruit is, you know, 70, 80% water, zero right. calories. So, right. um, but the fiber and the phytonutrients, um, and again, the fructose uh, is so easily converted to glucose in your digestive tract at minimal energy expense. It's it's the quickest way to get energy. Right, absolutely. Yeah. The quickest and healthiest way to get energy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I agree 100%. And so when you decided to flip this over and then you started seeing this transition of your life and now your trajectory is going, whoop, <laughs> yeah. and now you're moving this direction and you've become passionate about it and actually you know, animal activism and everything. But then you also have, I like to talk a little bit about the Food is Medicine Australia because they yeah. are phenomenal. And where do you see this? Like, what is your vision for your your new adventure? Yeah. Well, um, so we registered the business name in Australia probably three, as long as three years ago, I think. Wow. Um, we've had ideas of really... Uh, altruistic more than anything wanting to help people yeah. um it's not been about making money for us financially look we're not um not multi-millionaires but we're reasonably comfortable and so it's not really been uh, money's not been our driver it's about sharing this passion and this knowledge that we really feel everyone should know and you know just like you uh, you've got a different way of sharing um than, than we have but um so we, yeah, so the concept was always to um, get involved in some way in health coaching. And I think what I recognised, because I'm a very stubborn individual, um, was that it, it literally took me to not be able to get out of bed um, to reevaluate my life effectively. And I think, like me, particularly in my age group, you know, in the 40s and 50s, it takes often uh, something profound as being chronically ill to to make want to make the change. So, you know, we, it, it's easy to preach the converted, um, and it's I, I think again for our age group, the, the audience for us is people who are already sick mm. because mm -hmm. they are then often motivated, mm. like I was, to make the change. So the intention with Food Is Medicine is to provide. Uh, a health coaching service. We haven't worked out yet really how we're going to do that. We'd like to do a lot of face-to-face -face live training, but we're in Perth and the audience is quite small. So it'll probably involve online uh, coaching as well. Um, 
At the moment, Food is Medicine Australia is just a Facebook page. It's an informational page. Uh, sharing some coaching. Sharing education. We do coach people. They message us. Uh, we've got a call this afternoon with uh, someone who contacted us through the page, and, and we've done a number of those now. Um, we do all of that at the moment free of charge, um, and really we get pleasure from trying to help people. Yeah. Um, but our intention, we both work full-time still, and our intention is to semi-retire in a few years' time and literally run Food is Medicine as a, as a health coaching business. We would like to buy... Um, a reasonable-sized property in the southwest of Western Australia and uh, set up our semi-retirement home. Uh, not home, but a, a lovely house, <laughs> rather, uh, with a huge fruit and veggie garden. Um, I envisage uh, almost an orchard of some sort. Um, and we're looking at the idea of building a separate building with a large training kitchen uh, and a training room to screen documentaries and, uh, and, and lecture people. and educate uh, people and probably a few chalets on the property so that people can come and live Stay. on site, eat from our learn, and, uh, and learn, learn the and why learn behind us. the yeah. how before the how. So understanding why makes the how easy, you know. <laughs> so that's our long-term intention. Um, we're a little way away, although we dabble with the idea of doing it sooner rather than later. But financially, we probably need a few more years of. Uh, income behind us before we're financially ready to do that. So right. that's the goal. That's the goal. That that's is our an goal. amazing goal. And, and that's so, a totally different tra trajectory from uh, five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah. So now between the two of you have six of the kids, um, six mm -hmm. kids and the children, three of them are plant-based? Two. And two of them are plant-based. Two. Okay. Two. So my two daughters. So I have a son and two gotcha. daughters. 25, 23, and 22, and Tony has three sons. Okay. 20. And one of them has a quite an incredible recovery story as well, it which does. is honestly how this whole thing started to get going. That's true. That's true, yeah. Can you tell so, us a little bit about that? Would yeah, she mind? So, um, no, not at all. So cool. my daughter, my middle daughter, her name's Ali, Alexandra, and when she was 13, she uh, – for the whole of the year she turned 13, she was having abdominal pain and she was having diarrhea, maybe not at the same time, but she was having gastrointestinal issues. And, you know, I would say, you know, did you, what did you eat? Or, you know, there was nothing that I could put it down to. And then that went on for about a year and we went to the doctor because she was feeling tired and she was having abdominal pain. So they did blood tests and the blood tests all came back terrible. Her, her um, white cells were up, her um, CRP, which is the inflammatory marker, was very, very high. Her ESR was very, very high, which is another inflammatory marker. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, what is wrong with her? So because I work at the hospital, I spoke to one of the nurses there, the clinical nurses, and she um, sent me a referral to one of the gast uh, general surgeons and we went to see him and he, oh no, he referred us to the gastroenterologist so she could have a colonoscopy because it, just to rule out anything because her symptoms were gastrointestinal. And uh, she had that and he came out and said she has, she, she, he said she had ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. And I'm not sure that you can have both, but anyway, she had, she ended up just having Crohn's disease. And even though I'd been a nurse for, 20, 
five years then, or no, 22 years then, I really didn't have a full understanding of what that was. So that was, you know, into the research, trying to find out what, what the next move was. So we went back and saw him and he was wanting to start her on the, uh, the um, steroidal anti-inflammatories, um, which are, have awful side effects, but there was no other option. And I did, I remember vividly asking him, what should we do? What can she eat? And he would say, food has nothing to do with this. Nothing she eats will make any difference at all. And he, he's a very good gastroenterologist, as are all of them. And they all believe that nothing, nothing will change her trajectory. This is what she's got. It's an autoimmune disease. We don't know what the cause is. And it's just something she's going to have to learn to live with. So we went on a, I think it was about two years of trying every drug. I, I know she was on some chemotherapy drugs that they put them on to suppress their immune system which scared me because some of the side effects of those chemotherapy drugs was cancer. Um, and, and she had terrible um, side effects to those, which I was happy about because then she stopped those. <laughs> so she wasn't on them for very long. And then um, because she had tried everything and nothing had worked, the doctors put her on um, a monoclonal antibody, which is also um, immunosuppressant um, Remicade, which is in Plixamab. Mm -hmm. And so that's an eight weekly infusion that um, suppresses the symptoms of Crohn's disease so that she doesn't have any bleeding or pain or diarrhea or, or anything like that. So that actually helped enormously, but she, she, we were still eating animal products. There was no change in our diet. Actually, we were probably having a, a worse diet because she was having foods that were low in fiber because fiber is an irritant when you have an inflammatory bowel disease. Mm -hmm. And so we were just every eight weeks, thank, we were just thanking God that we had that in, infusion to have every eight weeks, you know, by six or seven weeks, she was really get starting to, the symptoms would start slowly coming back and she would need that dose of medication to suppress them again. And then once Tony and I found all this information about eating whole so plant just, foods. Just by the way, Ali and I were both chronically sick at the same time yes. so our household was not a fun place we were very lucky to have a nurse uh, look after us hard. but like the house was dead quiet I was fast asleep in my room Ali was uh, asleep in her room she was her often room, away from school lucky she for just her, go. her room was right next to the toilet because she couldn't you know go far from a toilet um, it just was not a fun place to be no. you know and, Lizzie had to pretty much do, she would work, go to work and then come home and take care of us. So And the two other kids as well. Yeah, we had to. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a not, hard time. Not easy. I hope they're good to you on um, Mother's Day. <laughs> She's not my mother. <laughs> well, exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Um, and so then once we found out all this information, we tried to speak to Ali about this and I think up she, a lot of um, her reservations with even changing her, what she ate was fear driven because she thought you know if I stop the medication what what it might come back it's going to come back she uh, was but, very but she also she thought we were nutters she you know did. suddenly we're buying boxes of bananas and dates yeah and we're not eating animal products and, and she I mean she didn't have any information so then um, she went to uh, New South Wales, Sydney, um, 
to do a uh, what was it the cordon yeah. bleu pastry she became a pastry chef of all things mm. yes so um she was in sydney doing that and she was we'd organized over there for her to continue her infusions and she was going to the hospital every eight weeks there and then she was just not well and she was always ringing me up saying i feel terrible and i feel tired and she came home for the break between the first and the second course and she and i said to her look can we just try you don't have to do anything else just give up the dairy all dairy products i said there's lots of alternatives and see how you feel i said if you feel the same then nothing gained nothing lost anyway she agreed to do that and over the next few weeks she did say that she felt better and so i was like well this is good she's at least decided to stick with no dairy and then I went over there between the break between the second and the third course and spent a week with her. And we ended up, she agreed to watch a, an animal ag agriculture documentary called Earthlings. I don't know if you've heard mm -hmm. of that one. Mm -hmm. um, and after we watched that, she was crying and she was like, I'm gone. She's going to go vegan. Over, so not for her health. There was no, there was nothing we could do to convince her, but that documentary that was it she said i can't do this to the animals anymore so mm. she was an overnight vegan um and she actually just she didn't go whole food plant-based like we were but she slowly started introducing more whole foods and then she came back home after she finished her course and she was eating what we were eating because she was living at home and she was just feeling better and better and better but she was still having the infusions which was making her sick Yes, because toxic, right? her body's trying to clear itself with all this nice food she's eating, and then every eight weeks we're infusing poison, toxic drugs into her system. Mm -hmm. And so Tony and I spoke to her one night and said, "Look, would you consider giving it up?" And she was very scared. She was like, "What if I get sick again?" So we went and saw the gastroenterologist, and we said, "Can we do this?" And he said, "Let's do a colonoscopy and have a look." So we had a look no sign of any disease and she'd had lots of colonoscopies lots of iron infusions and there had never ever not been disease there and wow. so there was no sign everything had healed and so he said if you want to try it you can and he assured us that if it came back she could go back on the drugs so she was happy to try not having the drugs and she just got better and better and better and better and better and now she has no well, she's, symptoms. She's 23 now. Yes. So, so was, that was when she was 19. So it's four years now. And now she goes to the gym. She runs around the lake. She never worries where the toilet is. And that, that appointment with the gastroenterologist, that was the last day we saw him. We have never been back. She oh, has, well, hang on. You saw him recently because Lizzie still works at the hospital where this guy works. But he, we don't, I didn't see him as a patient. I worked he, there and he, he, he never, just said hello, but didn't ask how she was or anything. Yeah. But she has no more blood tests. Her bloods are perfect. Her inflammatory markers are within normal ranges. And but she was 13 at diagnosis. And 19 when she changed. So she'd and had it 19. for six. For yeah. six years. And the GI doctor didn't ask? Really? Nothing. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah. That's the Pretty part sad. that, isn't that the frustrating part? Is that you have this glaring patients that are just 
you know, getting better and not questioning and saying, well, what are you doing? Because he's not asked to say, how's everything going? Like nothing. I I guess, you know, in, in, and this is not to pick on doctors because you're a doctor, right? (laughs) All these conversations revolve around us being poor. But but in in defense, (laughs) you know, I mean, earlier you said you're treating 30 or something patients a day. There's just not, you don't have time. The system doesn't Mm -hmm. allow you the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to inquire upon someone's health in a follow-up you yeah know, it's uh, it's a different business model right so it is it's a very well i don't know how it is in the in the australia but in the u.s I think it's modeled on your system very i'm sorry i'm so it's a do you have social any no socialized medicine so it's all private no it's social or, system yeah you yes. do have a social system? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a we have a Medicare system. Public health. Taxpayer yeah. funded public health. Yeah. yeah. So everyone has some type of basic coverage? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so everyone don't have is that. a Medicare patient. Yeah, you don't have that. That's right. That so I we think ours is a little bit better, actually. Yeah. In so that. Respect. But as far as doctor's visits go, you know, if you mm-hmm. make an appointment with your GP, you get five to 10 minutes. That's it. Wow. And, and, and some GPs bulk bill, which means they, they, don't charge so it's just charged to the medicare to the government the government yeah. but most doctors have a additional cost on top of that so you have to oh, pay yeah. it's like a yeah. copay or something yeah 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 yeah, well, yeah. and well, we have private health insurance then on top of oh, that I so see. people okay. like us who are i guess in the high income bracket uh you know costs us I, it's probably cheap for you guys, but uh, we're paying. We pay. I think it's two or two and a half percent of our taxable income for the Medicare, the government uh, health system mm-hmm. that we don't use anymore. That we never use, and uh, and then on top of that, because we're high income earners, um, I cheaper. have to pay about another two percent of my income, uh, t- taxable income. Um, in a further tax if I don't take private medical insurance. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's so we've gone and got some very cheap private uh, hospital insurance. That we will never use. Because it's cheaper than paying the tax. Oh and we'll never goodness. use a hospital insurance. but it's Unless we have an accident or something. Like some type it's, of it's, catastrophic. It's for yeah. everyone else that's eating the sad diet, right? So we're subsidising everyone that's eating a sad yeah. diet who needs to use the hospital. The geez, Louise. Frustrating. Well, and the frustrating part is, I don't know. I'm I'm assuming it's similar, but in America, the rate of suicide in physicians is the highest of any profession. I don't know. Don't know. Not sure. I would assume it's probably similar, uh, just because of the nature of medicine, and it's really unfortunate because now we're getting burnout. Right, so we have. We've taken away the patient's and the physician's ability to create a great relationship because of time. And then we have the other factors of it's a very litigious society in the U.S. So we have, you know, the threat of lawsuits and malpractice. Mm -hmm. And so we order more tests and start more medicines and follow all these guidelines that aren't necessarily helpful. Yeah. always rushing and then we have the electronic medical system which they've introduced the requirements which will find physicians if you don't meet certain criteria in a timely manner which was ridiculous because it was it was set up so horribly it's a disaster 
But now you have this, you see physicians and the, there's such a lack of primary care physicians. Right? I'm a family medicine doc. There's this huge like flat line, like there's just not enough of us. The population continues to grow, but we're like this. Mm-hmm. But the administration is like this. Like when you look at the graphs, it's just taking off. But the yeah. doctors are like this. So now you have yeah. all this added, you know, one, those That's people true. have salaries. Who's making the money to pay them? It's going to be the doers, the worker bees, the doctors who are bringing in the patients. That's where we're, that's the road, you know, the rubber meets the road. Yeah. It's a, it's a very difficult situation. And what you'll see though, when you see face, um, physicians who move into lifestyle medicine, which is basically what I like to say, what I do now is family and lifestyle medicine. There's a reawakening of that desire to help people and why you went into medicine and the decade of medical school and all the other stuff that you go through. And it's like, it's a revitalization and that burnout. And you're just so eager to share that message with Mm -hmm. whomever you can. So that's really fun to talk to patients. um, I mean, to physicians about, and um, that is when I say I do lifestyle medicine, he's like, what's lifestyle medicine? I said, well, it's a way to get out of burnout. And like, what? (laughs) And so they're like, what are you doing? I was like, can you make money doing that? I was like, well, it's not easy, but yeah, you can. You can survive. You can make your living. You just have to, you have to do things differently. And you might have to work a little bit in a different way of doing stuff. Um, differently, that's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a different way and for sure. Sorry, how, how pleasurable is it to actually help somebody rather than just prescribe a tablet in five minutes? You know, I mean... You changed that whole life. Even though we're not doctors, we've helped quite a number of people now. And it's just such a pleasurable experience to know that we've affected their direction in their lives Mm. uh, for the better, usually. So uh, there's, I've come up with a term. Now remember where you heard this. It's called, it's called veggie crack. Okay. This is what it is. This This is what it is. So you help someone. It's a little dopamine hit. Like cool. yeah, it your is. brain goes, I like it. Do it again, yeah, it really and then you get a little bit more. So I tell someone to eat their veggies. I get a little hit. So it's called veggie crack. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna we're, hashtag we're that on a T-shirt. Addicted to veggie crack. Yeah. <laughs> veggie crack. I'm telling you, it's. The, I keep telling me, listen, I need you to eat more vegetables so you'll get better. So I'll feel good. Keep going, please. <laughs> Come on. It's all about me. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is it's it's a wonderful thing. Um, there's, I had a patient on my telemedicine where I'm doing now. And, uh, I just saw the mom a few days ago for a separate issue. And she remind she's like, do you remember that little girl that you helped change her diet? And she had, she was an eight year old who had severe eczema and since infancy, um, just horrendous and had seen multiple physicians and specialists and basically run out of options had called me. And I was like, well, let's talk about you know, let's talk about milk, especially dairy um, yeah. with that. And they heeded my advice in within three weeks, 100% resol- resolution. Um, and now it's been about six months later and mom, mom's telling me she's still doing phenomenal. And she goes, and she tells everybody that she is wow. not a cow and she's a human and she doesn't need milk. I was like, go girl. Exactly. So you see this little girl go from being ill and yeah. afraid to go to school and embarrassed yeah. to yeah. this I mean, that's just the one of the uh, more recent. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or you'll see someone come in, you know, like a, a patient that was in their twenties and untreated diabetes, and in ninety days they, you know, basically phenomenally change their diet and they get better. 
And they go, I used to be afraid to come to doctors, but now I'm so excited to tell you because I'm getting better. As I was like, and guess what? You're not going to need to see me anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I, I love the one. I, we had a guy one day come around to service our oven and he had diabetes and I was telling him how many potatoes we have because we, we love, my favorite meal for dinner is chips. We have white potatoes. We I usually peel we uh, often make Dr. Gregor's uh, savoury spice mix yeah, and we dust so them, good. Uh, toss the, the uncooked chips in a bowl with the spice mix and okay. lay them out on parchment paper, as you would call it, or baking paper. And uh, we turn the oven to, I think, 400 Fahrenheit in your language, maximum uh, oven temperature. And 35, 40 minutes later, we've got crispy chips. Um, no, oil. no oil, no salt. And I make, uh, yesterday I made a big batch of chili sauce. Um, so, and just literally eat chips and sauce, uh, sometimes with lettuce cups, sometimes with a coleslaw or a salad earlier. Um, and that's my favorite and meal. And this guy, the guy who came to service the oven, I was telling, you know, it's really important because my, my, you know, <laughs> I've got to cook my chips, right? And, uh, and he said, oh, I wish I could eat potatoes. I've got diabetes, you know, I can't eat There's potatoes, they're the carbs. enemy. And I started trying to explain it to him. And of course, it's totally the opposite from what his doctor says, yeah. you know, because it's the sugar that's the problem and the carbs are the problem. Yeah. Uh, and when I was telling him that it was actually fat that this problem, uh, you know, he thought I was just loopy and, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor, so what would I know? So, so, yeah, that's the sad part about diabetics. I think they're scared of rice and potatoes and all these really healthful foods. Yeah, it's so sad. Which is really sad. But the, the foods that would actually heal them. It is. Yeah. But we got to go back to the chips. Do you guys have an air fryer? No, we don't. Well, you don't need one. If you've got an oven at home, you just do That's what we That's an air fryer. That's a massive one. Turn the fan on in the oven and it does the same thing. I have a little smart oven, so it does 13 functions. And okay. we just got it about a month ago. But it takes, because I love potatoes as well, and yeah. sweet potatoes and white potatoes, whatever. And um, But this one cuts it from 45 minutes to 16 minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay. That is something to think about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they get nice and crispy and they're delish. And have you ever heard of a taquito? No. Oh, my. Taquito. You guys have got to try this. You got some paper? We're going to share this with the audience right now. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'll get so, some. Have you ever been to the U.S.? Oh, I have, yes. For okay. Yeah. Have you been to the Southwest? Uh, like no. Texas, New Mexico? No. Okay. I've been to California. Okay, well, that's a, that's a different country. Definitely going sometime soon. <laughs> okay, so I grew up in New Mexico. This is uh, New Mexico is Mexican, Hispanic, lots of flavors of Mexican food. Yeah. And they make Tex-Mex, but anyway, there's these things called taquitos. Do you have, you have corn tortillas there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So you take lentils. I'm supposed to find them without oil though, Laurie. Really? But we, we buy them yeah. online oh. usually. Yeah, it's really hard. Uh, I can get mine at the store with no oil pretty easy. Yeah, I think you've got a lot lot uh, yeah. easier to get Your oil free. Yeah, yeah, we don't. For sure. That's even at Walmart. Wow. Yeah, I okay. know. No. Can't find See, them here. i got to buy them online. I'm sorry. Well, get them online. This will be good. I will. The, the, but they're, the, they're not fried ones. They're they're no. the, the regular ones that come you know, in package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rounds. Okay, great. So then you take lentils, and I'll send you all this visiting, but I, I think, well, I, I'll tell you the smaller one. Half a cup of uh, lentils, and you cook it, or yeah. cook a cup, whatever you like. Um, I took uh, half a cup of walnuts, 
Blend them up in a little food processor. Okay, that's the chunky. I'm going to make this lentil walnut meat. You can yeah. put mushroom if you want. Don't have to, yeah, yeah. but forever. Yeah. You get fire roasted uh, uh, tomatoes. You can get them in a can, like the regular yeah. Reynolds can. Yeah. I take half of that can. And then in Hatch, New Mexico, they make Hatch chilies. You, can you get the little can of Hatch chilies or chilies? No, but, oh, I have heard of hatch chilies. I haven't seen them here. Um, are they, are they a different them. flavor from normal chili? Is it is that special? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get your address. I'm going to send you some stuff. I'm going to send oh you some God. green chilies, and I'm going to send you the most amazing enchilada sauce. Have you ever made enchiladas? Oh, uh, you people yeah, are just, yeah. you're going <laughs> to love this. Yeah. I'm sending you a care I package. Love, I love spicy. Lizzie's not so big on the spice. I like spice, but not so it burns my head off. This is not hot. This is just enough flavor to like, mm. Yeah, that's yeah. what I like. Yeah. Okay, so you take a little bit of, um, I think about a tablespoon of the chilies, and you blend those up with the fire. So just so they're, you know, a little bit more blended up. Then you put um, some, a couple of teaspoons of chili powder, a couple of teaspoons of cumin, and a little black pepper if you like. Um, and then you mix that all up, right? So you're mixing it up and I put it back through the food processor. So it's kind of a meaty texture and yeah, I put yeah. it back in the pan, right? And just to kind of burn off the water. So it's not as yeah. wet. wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you take the, the corn tortilla and you take a little, you know, a little tube of that meat and you, mm-hmm, maybe two tablespoons worth, maybe three, you roll it and you yeah. put it in, you can put it in your oven. Yeah, yeah. I put it in the air fryer because it's so much faster. It's like six minutes. It takes me about 22 in the oven, the oven. <clears throat> at 350, whatever that converts to. So you just put to. it in a, like a, a dish. Yeah, I just put on a um, yeah, cookie sheet, that. a plain baking sheet, yep. and yeah, I right, roll right. it, and they're like little tubes, right? They're like little rolled up corn tortillas, yeah, yeah. and we call them taquitos, and you cook them. You dip and them in enchilada sauce. Oh, you know, yeah, you don't have to do the enchilada. That, that you, but you dip them in, um, I use guacamole or salsa, uh-huh. but the enchilada sauce I'm going to send to you is from my hometown where I grew uh-huh. up. Yes. Okay. It's a powder, completely plant-based. You add water and wow. it, then you can make that same meat if you want, or you can just put beans in it and onions and whatever you want to put inside your enchiladas. Have yeah. you had enchiladas? Uh, I have, but we have Mexican uh, restaurants. Okay, here, so. that's a but, different. But, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna send you step by step instructions. So <laughs> this enchilada sauce, I don't know how to describe it. I refuse <laughs> to eat any other enchiladas. I grew up on this stuff since I was a small child. Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing! Oh, I'm so sending you a care package. I'm so I'm sorry for the rest of the audience. Y'all aren't getting it, but these two are getting it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm sending you. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Australian customs will bust you for sending in food drugs to us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, no, they won't. If they take in Twinkies from the U.S., they better take my time. <laughs> exactly. But I'll send you some hatch chilies, and I'm going to send you my enchilada sauce. Oh, my oh, gosh. Thank you. Wow. You guys are going to be, you're going to be like, when's our next shipment? I'm like, you're going to be on regular order. We'll send you money, and you can send us actually. We'll bring in drugs. sea containers. This is absolutely, it's... <laughs> I'm so excited for you to try that. It's called El Monterey. Mm. We just shared um, uh, a Chuck, uh, what's his name, Chuck? I'm not sure. Chuck Underwood. Uh, I'm not sure. He's an American guy. He, um, uh, I, I know name. who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's brand new vegan, he calls himself, mm-hmm. Facebook. And he shares yeah. recipes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he just he just shared cauliflower taco meat one, which we reshared because yeah. we've been making that, we for, make a that for a while. So and it's good. quite similar, I think, to yeah. what you're it's saying. It's got cauliflower and mushrooms and walnuts and kale all blended together, and then you mix like spices and yeah. tamari yeah. and things like that. And, and um, you bake it in the oven and dry it out, and, and then it, you mm-hmm. have it in a taco shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with rice. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. this one has passed all the omnivore tests. Uh, I've had fed this to several omnivores and like, what is this? Mm. <laughs> yeah. What is this? What is this that you've what created, you, you little this? healthy vegan? <laughs> like, yeah, well, <laughs> you can't eat healthy and tasty. And that it's um many of my goals are is to just make good food so yeah. people start going, okay, this is interesting. And if I can feel better, let's give it a shot. You know? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Actually, half of my... Yeah, half of my follow-up appointments with my plant-based patients that I'm converting are recipes we talked about. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's love really it. funny. I was like, well, all as right. As soon as you make it tasty for them, um, it's easier. You know, because it's let's easy. face it, when you eat um, when you eat you know animal products, right. you're usually flavoring them up with all these sauces Spices. that you're just talking about. So, and that's what makes the animal products taste nice. If you mm-hmm. ate the animal products on their own, it doesn't taste nice. Right. It's the flavorings. And so when you show people that you can put these flavorings on chickpeas or potatoes mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or cauliflower or nuts, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, wow, you know, and, and mm-hmm. suddenly the, the texture and the other things become less important because mm-hmm. it's a flavor. And let's face it, the foods that we serve up, are the most colourful, mm. eye-catching mm. foods. Mm. And everyone says, oh, wow. What, what, know, have, you what have you got? Why have I got? Why can't yeah. I have that? So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, our foods are the ones that get eaten first because they look the most attractive. Yeah. They taste good. Um, mm-hmm. For a reason. Uh, yeah. That's so, why we have colour receptors in our eyes. Exactly. Imagine that. I know. Yeah, it's funny crazy. That. <laughs> but you yeah. know how before you were talking about, um, you know, patients making you feel like the veggie crack, making you come back and feel good. I wanted to tell you, you know, every time we hear a story, whether it's on a podcast or a story or read it on Facebook or Forks Over Nine Success Stories, we, we cry. Like we're so happy for those people. Yeah. And the, the story that you had on your podcast with Jim Bella, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I have told so many people about his story. We were literally bawling at listening to that just like tissues crying and Tony as well. Like it was amazing. And that's the first time he had shared his story like that. And I was not expecting that actually. So um, he was one of like a series of diabetes uh, stories that I was sharing. And I was thinking, Oh, 20 minutes. But then I was like, Oh my God, you almost died. You had 26 surgeries. What yeah. I know, it yeah. was just amazing, and mm-hmm. like I didn't want it to end. Like you know, you said it was yeah. only it went for so long, and I just couldn't get enough because yeah. you just it just makes you feel so happy just, for him. Super mm-hmm. inspiring that he found it, and maybe someone else will find it because they listen to his story. And yeah, absolutely, and, and that's why you know, like your podcasts and several others that we follow. Yeah, you absolutely, know, they're, they're just. It's so inspiring they, for just, because again it's it's like when I was sick I, I was I, I was you know when I was awake enough I was searching for 
what is wrong with me? How do I get like well? Then, and there probably was stuff like this, yeah. but I didn't know where to go and find it. To look, um, you didn't know it existed to look yeah. for it. So um, had I stumbled on, you know, one of your podcasts or something, it, it would have helped me so much earlier. I just, it, it's not so easy to find this unless you know where to go looking. Right. And I certainly wasn't typing in plant-based yeah. anything. No. You, know, mm -hmm. so, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So um, yeah. we share, we love to share your story, your, your interviews and, and uh, Corinne Nidja, um, who we've done a podcast with uh, some while ago as well. She shares stories of uh, recovery stories and they're just so inspiring. Yeah. And, you know, for people that are sick, and again, for us, that's probably our audience as well. Um, you know, when you hear these stories, we, we can tell you all about the nutrition and the science. When you hear a story like that, and if you've got something in common with that person, mm -hmm. it resonates and you think, well, if he can do it or she can do it, maybe I can do it. And, you know, it just opens up the Pandora's box. So, um, yeah, so keep doing these. These are, are great. Yeah. yeah. You're doing That's amazing the, things. Thank you so much. The uh, There's a few lapses in weeks but i'm back on my schedule things get a little crazy <laughs> but um it's 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 there's no excuse i still got to do it um but yeah it's 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 a it's a really fun thing to do the reason i started doing them was because i was uh getting tired of sharing the same stories like all right i'm gonna get just get these down and send people to the podcast to listen yeah. Uh, but then it became a, an opportunity to even, you know, talk to the Dr. Bernards and the Dr. Esselstyn. Yeah. And um, the one I spoke to Dr. Esselstyn, it was so funny. I don't know if you guys, the audience, if you've never, if you're just stumbling across this, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn wrote a book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. You got to check it out. He's amazing. Cleveland Clinic, phenomenal human, gold medalist back in the 50s. I just, just really amazing. Anyways. <laughs> I'm in. I'm sitting here talking to Anne and Dr. Esselstyn and his wife, and she's in the background. I'm, I'm doing the videos before I was videoing them, though. I hadn't discovered the Zoom technology. I was still doing some Skype, and Dr. Esselstyn's sitting there talking to me. And the next thing I know is it's like at five o'clock, and there's a cuckoo clock. <laughs> oh, I think I remember I that. You hear it. that? He's like, he starts giggling because you never had that happen before. He says, no, but that's so funny. I'm keeping it in. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so funny. And it just, I don't know, just why that just cracks me up. But anyway, easy. I like it when Anne's usually in the background clattering pots and pans around yes. or something and cooking yes. something up. And that was a Campbell too. And then, yeah. and then Dr. Campbell's wife is telling him, we got to go. And she's like, Ooh, I got to go. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> we, this is so funny. Oh my goodness. But yeah, absolutely. But oh my gosh, I I know I've kept you guys, bless your hearts. Um, I do always like to ask a question at the end. <clears throat> if you ever could give one question or, you know, or excuse me, one piece of advice to someone who's let's say teetering and they're like, I don't know. I, I hear these stories, but I don't know if it's for me. What bit of advice do you give to someone or the people that you, you meet and come across that are kind of new to this whole plant-based way of eating? Uh, I think for, for us, it's, it's usually around educate yourself. I mean, we can, you know, and we often do tell people that we almost brain download on them with uh, all the information we've learned. It's hard to actually hold back sometimes, but 
Um, generally, we will refer them to some of the excellent documentaries because um, it's just such an easy, uh, non-confrontational way to learn. And it, it usually they're interesting enough to open that Pandora's box usually for people to start doing their own research. And I think, you know, hearing it from people like you or us um, is one thing, but when people actually do their own research and it, it starts locking its way in their brain cells, um, it, it, that, you know, then they might take some action because, you know, we can give them the information, but we can't they, do the action. They have to take them, right? responsibility so. for mm. themselves because, you know, instead of outsourcing it to all these other people. It, but also I think the thing we've been starting to tell people is just try it. Just try it for a month. Yeah. You have nothing to lose. And if you don't like it, you can yeah. always go back. But just try it for a month yeah. and see. And we can help you. And we can give you recipes. And, you know, you've got nothing to lose except getting your health back. Yeah. Like, you know, and, your disease. And I think, and, and I think you know, like, so as I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but you get new taste buds every 21 days. So the flavours that you used to think you like 22 days ago suddenly don't taste good anymore and the flavors you thought would yuck and, and the flavors that if you can as dr goldhammer says you know if you get through the the plain swill for <laughs> 21 days um suddenly that's what you crave and you really like um so yeah we we think a month is a good time yeah, for, say, for people to try and you know, we try and provide as much information and guidance and coaching and recipes and because it's important, websites. as you say, it's like, okay, well, I've heard all your science now, but what do I actually now. eat? Yeah. So, you know, the, the other pieces of advice are clean your kitchen out, get rid of all the junk food, all the animal so products, there's no temptation. throw it in the rubbish bin, don't even give it to your enemies because it will kill them too. Um, <laughs> Put it in. We we filled our wheelie bin here, our, our trash bin here, with oh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars of of what we used to call food. A lot of it was sitting um, in there for goodness knows how long with yeah. expiry dates. Because you know you just but, you put things in but there. But then we filled our kitchen with all the good foods, so that when we were hungry, that's what we had to eat. And, Eighty uh, pounds of mango. Yeah, that's right. 80 pounds of mango. Exactly. You know, what more do you want? And a blender. You got smoothies. No, no, so, not 80 pounds of um, but, I love um, So I think, I think that's important as well. Take right. the temptations away. Set yourself up for success. And try it for a month. And at the end of the day, you know, hopefully we, in our case, we're going to live to, you know, 150 or something. And <laughs> at least. Marathons at 100. Exactly. Um, um, oh, cool. so 100 is the new 20. What's a month out of out of you know a hundred years of life? It's, uh, exactly. Well, even even if you're only planning to live to sixty, a month is a very small investment. Right. And um, you 60's know, way too what do you got to lose? Whoever died from eating too many fruit and veg, right? Exactly. You guys are so right on. I always say I'm not going to send an alcoholic to a bar. So exactly. why would I? Say? Yeah, Make yourself, your home is your safe zone, right? Yeah. You're exactly right. Absolutely. And I always tell them on that kind of same line is like, hmm, be the first person in seven years to prove me wrong. Exactly. Please. Try. Have a go. Try to prove me wrong. And when you do, I'll, I'll, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll be I'll shocked. do something. I'll buy a new car. I'll buy you. There you go. I'll give you my clunker. How about that? <laughs> you won't need to because they won't prove you wrong. 
<laughs> not get from me wrong. Absolutely. I always tell people too, if they're, because we have a lot of um, very passionate Americans and they love vets and some of that because I was in the Air Force. I was like, listen, I went and spent four and a half, almost five months in the Middle East in the desert for last long. You can eat fruits and vegetables for a month. For a month. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, you put that Okay. Yeah, to pull that one out. yeah, yeah. What can they say? Well, they can't say anything well, to that. I nope. think what's interesting is people, the initial thought is that, that that's like going to prison, right? But mm-hmm. after a month of eating this way, because, I mean, that was the other thing was I never went near the kitchen. Lizzie mm-hmm. had to cook the food because I never got near the kitchen. Now it's interest. a fight for who's in the kitchen. Yeah. And she, when I'm cooking, she clears out because there's too many arguments. Otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I really enjoy cooking the food now. Um, I don't do it as much as Lizzie because really I work a longer day usually. But, um, you know, I, I really enjoy creating sauces. I make my own jalapenos, uh, make pickled onions. Because we know I, what's I make in all them sorts then, of different sauces and curry powders and curry pastes and spice mixes. And, and, I, and so easy, and particularly when there's no oil involved, the dishwashing is cold water, no, no, no dishwashing liquid. It's just so easy um, and easy. pleasurable. And I know what's in my food then. Yeah. And so... Yeah, we went out to a, a movie screening at a vegan event last night and um, there was food provided, but we took our own you never Mexican know. beans and rice and uh, jalapenos and, and avocado um, just to mm. make sure there's no oil. Uh, we're very But he did do it oil-free for us. Yeah, we're educating food. people in Perth about the oil thing. Yeah, they don't always awesome. get that. So. Yeah. How big is Perth? Uh, it's about probably around a million and a quarter people, so quite wow. small. Yeah, well, it's probably the about the fourth largest city in Australia, maybe fifth, um, wow. after Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. And Adelaide. No, I think Perth's probably bigger than Adelaide. Yeah. So maybe the fourth biggest city. Um, but it's the most remote city in the world, I think, or remote capital city in the world. Away from other, other yeah. cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, because That's even for us to go to, like, Melbourne or... Sydney is about a four-hour plane ride. Yeah. Um, oh wow! Adelaide's the closest capital city to us, and that's about two and a half-hour plane ride. What, a plane ride? Wow! Yeah. yeah. Jet jet plane. Wow! And Brisbane's about five hours. Four yeah, hours. I go to Brisbane regularly for work, and that's uh, actually coming home against the wind. It's a five and a half-hour trip. Yeah, it's a long way. Wow! Hour. That's like yeah. flying from Florida to Seattle. Yeah, yeah country. country. Yeah. Jeez. But but that's still a million people. That means you have some decent resources, I would hope, right? Uh, yeah, no, we it's a it's a you know it's a modern city. Um, yeah, but vegan. There's probably no. Friendly. Are there very many vegan restaurants and stuff? Yes, there's more a than there was when we started. Absolutely, yeah, no, cool. Uh, like like everywhere, I think you know, like the, vegan's easy. It's the, the oil-free vegan. That sure. oil-free is very hard. Plant-based. Very hard. Yeah. They yeah. look at us like, what? There's a growing number of vegan cafes and restaurants. What we've noticed is um, even at the supermarkets, the now there are vegan sections in the supermarkets, whereas wow. five years ago there was not. And restaurants have like a vegan menu for like yeah, lots of, yeah not um, just one vegan meal, like a whole menu for the vegan. Nice. So it's growing enormously. It is growing, um, but it's and- just the oil. The oil thing is a problem yeah. for us, so we right. don't need out very much. Yeah, yeah, we know the oil thing. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that is but okay. But we're educating people as we go. So. Yeah. Absolutely, this is phenomenal. There's a 
there's uh, um, Susie Cameron, um, whose husband was the director for, um, what was that movie? The big oh. one, Avatar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Titanic and stuff. They have a website. It's called OMD. She wrote a book, One Meal Per Day, I believe. And there, it's a restaurant initiative. You guys should check okay. out that website. Um, okay. And I'll... Um, I can email it to you too. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, they, they, might, they have a lot of resources that you can download and, and give to people. Um, they even oh, have right. a letter that you can give to your favorite restaurant and say oh, the cool. whole plant-based diet type thing. And this is why we're doing mm-hmm. it. And um, I spoke to one of their folks there in California. Really cool. I think you would, that might be yeah. something that would add to your initiative. Mm-hmm. Thank awesome. you. Um, well, thank you again, everyone, for you know listening. One, but thank you for being such wonderful and delightful guests. Thank you for having us. Yeah, We've it's been a pleasure. It. Lovely to meet you and talk to you face to face. Absolutely, and someday in person. You have yeah. always somewhere to stay. If you're ever in the U.S., you come see me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're coming we for the Mexican food. Oh, dude, <laughs> yeah. I I'm on it. I'm going to be cooking <laughs> for you. <laughs> We, we might need to pack our extra suitcase to bring the stash of uh, chilies and sauce mixes. Oh, back. I'm going to make them the, mail it to you. I'm, <laughs> this is very, you have no idea. I'm just opening up a box of yum. Can't wait. Can't wait. We're looking forward to it. Oh, my goodness. Well, just one. Thank you again. Thank you, Laurie. Lovely. Thank you Thanks so much. Thank you.